Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News, and we're continuing to uh, watch what's happening in our nation's capital as it relates to the COVID 19 relief package. We know that this uh, group of Republican senators is going to go and meet with uh, President Biden today, and it will be uh, really extraordinary to see what kind of conversation it turns out to be. Will it be a real conversation, some real dialogue, some give and take, or will this be uh, a little bit of lip service and then a we tried to negotiate, but uh, we're too far apart, so the administration is going to have to move ahead on their own, uh, as they forecasted they uh, are ready to do. And uh, important, too, if you look at the difference between the current proposals. You have the president's proposal, which is $1.9 trillion. Uh, The Republican plan is $600 billion. Uh, The major differences are in the the scope of the the checks that would be sent out uh, to some Americans. Uh, The GOP plan is more targeted, a little bit more of a means test there in terms of who actually needs it, and it's $1,000 where the president's proposal is uh, much more blanketed uh, and $1,400. The other major differences uh, taken out of the Republican plan, the uh, $15 an hour uh, minimum wage hike, uh, and then also a uh, host of money uh, to be sent to states, uh, a lot of them very blue states that are in some financial mess uh, that uh, need to be bailed out. So those are the significant differences there. So the, the dance will be interesting. And and what happens next will be fascinating to see whether they come out with any kind of conversation and dialogue and proposals as to how they could attack these issues one at a time, narrow the bills, have uh, more specificity. Uh, but sadly, I think we're going to end up with a, a lot of motion and not a lot of forward movement after today's conversation. And, and sometimes in these settings, the best thing to do is to just stand still for a little bit. Just slow things down, as we often try to do on this show. Uh, in fact, I had a, a great lesson this morning. Uh, comes uh, courtesy of my wife, Debbie. And uh, she sent a, a text to our family that was uh, really instructive this morning. So we had uh, our family around for uh, for the holidays, of course, uh, and a wedding. And uh, after everyone left, the uh, our refrigerator, the control panel on the refrigerator, uh, stopped working. It just stopped. So we couldn't get water, we couldn't get ice, we couldn't control the temperature of the refrigerator or the freezer. Uh, It just went blank. 
And so, of course, when that happens, uh, you immediately start thinking, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? Uh, and so Debbie did the things that we normally do. She, well, it's the stuff she always does. Uh, I'm really bad at it. But she checked out the prices. Uh, she found out that the the part that would need to be replaced would be just $400 just for the part itself. And then, of course, you got to add in the labor and the insulation, and all of that kind of stuff. And so we started this debate a couple of weeks ago of, okay, now what do we do? Uh, the refrigerator's getting a little old. It's at least eight years old now. Uh, is it worth investing another five, six, seven hundred dollars to to repair this part? Uh, or would we be far better off to just buy a new fridge? So we kind of went back and forth and uh, procrastinated a little bit in terms of the de- decision making problem. And then, a wonderful thing happened last night. Last night, our electricity went out for about 15 seconds. And when the power came back on, so did the fridge <laughs> and the control panel. What the fridge needed was just a reset. And so often, that is exactly what we need. Uh, Debbie sent this message uh, to our family group text today that sometimes we just need a little reset. Uh, we didn't need to make a drastic decision. We didn't need to spend a whole bunch of money. We didn't need to flail about with all kinds of tough decisions and what we would do next. And that is a great lesson. Uh, how often do we need just a little reset? Uh, we only needed a 15-second reset. Uh, sometimes that's that's just what we need. Think about uh, some of the harsh conversations you've had over the last little while. How many of those could have been reset if you just would have paused for 15 seconds or maybe 15 minutes? Uh, the more we, we step back and start looking at that, uh, we, we get in this race and chase. And so what happens is we end up expending uh, an incredible amount of energy in in motion, things that aren't really forward movement. So we flail about and we race around and it's exhausting and it's frustrating and it creates anxiety and angst and frustration and fear and all of those things. When if we just would have stopped for a minute, step back, and take a little reset, 15 seconds, 15 minutes, 15 days. Heck, that's not that much of a reset either. Uh, and just kind of let things go. We're, we're often in such a chase for all of this uh, that we end up missing it. Uh, and it's especially true in, in government. So often we are so pressed to, to do what's next or to be seen as, as taking that action. Sometimes the best thing to do is to not take action. Uh, the, the old saying is, you know, don't just stand there, do something. And I would flip that on its head today (laughs) because sometimes when we're so worried about don't just stand there, do something, we do things that in the end really aren't all that helpful. And sometimes they're very hurtful and sometimes they're counterproductive and sometimes they take years to unravel. And so the message for the day is, don't just do something, stand there. Don't just do something be, so because you can do something. Doing stuff can be easy. Thinking about stuff is hard. Being strategic is difficult. And we need more of that. So often in, in Washington, we see we have these Armageddon moments of, you know, we have to get this done by Friday or you know, X calamity is going to come upon us. 
And if we would just step back and say, no, don't, don't do anything. Just stand there and think for a minute. And then let's have a conversation for a minute. Let's hit the reset for a minute. And then we can take action. We don't have to procrastinate. We're not putting things off. We're not pointing fingers and placing blame. But this idea that we constantly have to be doing something is counterproductive. Sometimes the the greatest decisions are to just reset for 15 seconds or 15 minutes or 15 days uh, and just rethink it just a little bit. It can make all the difference in the world. And so while we have this race uh, in Washington, D.C. to see what package uh, comes up next, uh, I would advise the president. I would advise the loyal opposition. (laughs) I would advise liberals and conservatives alike to don't just do something. Stand there. And then engage there. And then have a conversation there. And then start to create solutions there together. So don't just do something. Stand there today. Think about it. Go just a little bit deeper. I'm Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on KSL News Radio's Inside Sources today. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.